What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Mongols Podcast, sponsored by Roughneck Scarves and Golden Gold Press. I'm Mike. With me is Kevin Josh. Coming up, we'll talk all about the Hounds come from behind draw against Nashville. We'll give away a hat. We'll talk a little Steel City FC and more. Let's go! I think that's a great question. Now we got to get into the nitty gritty. I so badly want to talk about Endgame instead of this game, but I know we can't because I don't want to spoil anything. <laughs> yes, that is rude. You should not spoil Endgame. I know. That's what I took the kids to see it on Thursday night, and uh, immediately they were like, "Who can we tell?" And I was like, "Nobody," because <laughs> we got kids across the street and like kids yeah. see it. And I was like, "No, you can't." We're even like out in public, and they start to like talk about things. I'm like, <laughs> "Like, I don't know who's around you. You know who's gonna hear it." So I, I was. Assume, re- I assume you guys liked it. Yeah, it was great. Oh, yeah. I, I was a basket case though beforehand. Like I'm, I'm. We're seeing it the later showing. So like other people are coming out of the theater who've already seen it, while we're going in. So like Liz can you know contest that I was like headphones in, walking around like trying to get away from people, like dodging like people going to the restroom in the middle of the 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 movie, like while while we're waiting. So I'm like, no, 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 no. <laughs> She's like, you're ridiculous. I'm like, I'm aware. <laughs> <laughs> la, 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 la. Yeah, um, yeah. It was it was pretty bad. Uh, but yeah, it was a fun movie, and uh, yeah, it is. I don't know if anyone saw this. It's over a hundred and I'm sorry, one point two billion dollars already worldwide. Yeah, in opening weekend, it's crazy, insane. Is that a record? That's a record. That's a record. Yeah, that's the highest opening weekend ever. Um, so, yes. Yeah. Kev, do you have any intention of seeing it at all? No. Yeah, I'll see it. Uh, I just I'm I'm not gonna go out to a theater probably. So wait, did you see Infinity War? Yeah. Okay, cool. I was making sure. I, uh, making sure you know you can't see one without the other. Yeah, it's kind yeah. of like, you know, <laughs> yeah, part no, one and part two. Good. No, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm just not going to go out to a theater for it. So you're, no, you're going to wait. Like, you, you, it's going to be spoiled by the time you actually watch uh, it. I don't think so. I don't get the trick Google is cards. never to go online like <laughs> Kevin does. I'm just going <laughs> to randomly call you and just leave messages. I'd still watch it. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. I have a friend who doesn't care about spoilers, and so like he asked me everything about it, and the whole time I just felt guilty. I'm like, I can't tell you this stuff. He's like, No, I want to know. I don't like being surprised when I go to the theater. I want to like absorb the plot beforehand, so that way I can watch it and enjoy it, and not be like wondering what's going to happen the whole time. I'm like, I don't know how you do this, and you're a crazy man. Yeah, it's very <laughs> unusual. Yes, it is. I was uh, I was cutting the grass before the show, and I was thinking like. Even if I jokingly said something that spoiled it, like I think even the things that I would say would sound, even if I was telling the truth, I feel like sometimes the truth would sound so ridiculous that you might be like, nah, he's making that up. Like there are some things in here that never would have guessed was going to happen, and it <laughs> still happened and was amazing. And yeah. So. All right. All right. But we're not a pop culture reference podcast. So no, we, we are not. Probably not talk anymore about Endgame. We should not. Um, <laughs> Let's talk about the game that happened this weekend. Guys, the Hounds drew 2-2 against Nashville. I did not watch it live. Um, I was out, and so my phone kept blinging, and I saw that we were down 2-0. I was like, ah, crap. Um, And then we get into the final minutes of the game, and we get two goals. Um, 
I was gonna ask, is this a game where it's one point earned or two points lost? It's not. It, it's not really two points lost because we never had three points there. But <laughs> I mean, is this is this a we deserved the point or was this a we were lucky to get the point from your standpoint, Josh? How do you feel about this? Yeah, it's weird. This is a really weird one because I was watching the game live and. I had gone up to the top of the stand so I could get a better view in the second half to see what was going on because I was like, why are we down? Especially once we got down by two, I went up there to, to kind of like get a closer eye on it. Um, and it was one of the situations where it felt like just frustration on my or on the hound side and on the fan side. <laughs> it was frustration seeing you know them not be able to do anything creative inside the box. And so when we did get the goal, um, it was funny cause I had actually just not, got done saying like, you know, Oh, what they're doing is not working, blah, blah, blah. And you know, they're trying to cross the ball constantly. And you know, maybe they need to switch it up a little bit. And then suddenly they scored by crossing the ball. Granted, I had originally said it's a Ryan James cross to DeSantos is how they want to score. And it ended up being nothing like that. <laughs> you got like what was it, a Dover cross to Valeski who like had an inch off the, the ground header. <laughs> Well, and you, you called James, which, like, James was involved in the second one. So, you know, he weren't. Yeah, but he wasn't the one crossing. He was the one receiving. So it was, anyway. The, the point of the matter was the, the game felt like we were just helpless as far as scoring. But we were doing pretty good other than that. I feel like the passing was a lot better this time around than it has been in the past. It just, they were really good defensively. And we could not break them down worth crap until the very end where it felt kind of like a fluky you know, I I don't want to say fluky because the both goals I felt like were pretty good goals mm-hmm. by us, but it was definitely like skin in your teeth. Like I can't believe we pulled this off and got a point. So in the end, it's hard to be upset because we did get the point, but the fact that we couldn't break him down that whole game was so frustrating. Yeah, definitely frustrating. Kev, from your standpoint, was this you know were we lucky to get the win, or do you think we should have lost this one? I mean, in a weird way. Kind of, um, I, I think <laughs> I gave you an A or B question. You answered with F. <laughs> kind of A. Uh, I, okay. kind, we were we were kind of lucky to win this. I think um, for the majority of the game, we did exercise a good amount of control over the game. You know, we have the dominant possession. We we have nearly sixty percent possession. Our, our passing accuracy is finally in the seventies here, um, which is good. I thought we were patient when we needed to be, and I, I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe sometimes the patience ran out, and we tried to force it a bit too much. But yeah, we were. Ext- I thought we were extremely wasteful in the final third. I mean, it is uh, worrying. I think as great as Dos Santos has been, he still only has a goal this season. Um, you know, I think for me, Nico is still kind of on a drought. Sure, he has two goals, but both of them were pens. Um, he hasn't scored from open play yet this season, and he's getting a lot of minutes too. Um, so it's not like he's not being played. So yeah, I mean, I, I think our attack is starting to become a serious uh, concern, and and I think that's even more so the fact because I think last year we could have made that case, but had the kind of backup argument of well, we commit so many bodies defensively that it's hard for us to then transition and break and get goals. Whereas this season, we're we're getting more possession. We're maintaining more control over the ball. So we can, you know, that allows us to, to commit more bodies forward. And on top of that, I think even even when we do have to defend, uh, do, do have to defend, 
were, were okay essentially going one-on-one. I mean, once again in this game, I felt um, Nashville play kind of two, two guys up top. One dropped off a bit more. Um, but for the most part, especially when we, were, when we were in possession, and even when we were out of it and Nashville was kind of you know knocking around in their third, Greenspan and Adewale were happy to just go man for man and then have everyone else press up. Fonkies, will step into the kind of middle you know, middle defense and, and try to intercept balls or, or close down people. So, you know, we're being more adventurous. Um, I think it generally pays off. I think we defended quite well. It's frustrating. Both of the goals come from set pieces. Um, but, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. But my answer is I thought Nashville showed more maturity, and usually that means – in a game where you're mature and 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 professional and defend really well and you're up 2-0 you know with a good chunk of the game gone i i think nashville is going to be more they're going to be more frustrated that they end up getting a point from this than than you know we are happy that we got a point well let me let me flip the question then um we got two goals obviously in the last like five minutes of the game do you think that both of those goals were earned on our part, or do you think that both of those were cases where Nashville just stopped playing for the last five minutes? No, I, I think you know we finally broke them down. I think I know. I, th- I think they were earned, um, and I think on top of it all, I, I, the manner in which we bring back the draw, it, it's going to give them huge confidence. I mean, to, to be able to walk out of that game with being you know, scoring two goals in essentially what, like five minutes or something like that against a lot, you know, a team that's going to the MLS. Um, you know, the, a lot of those players, even though it is a draw, will walk out feeling pretty tall um, and, and know that, okay, games in the future, it's not done. You know, we've been in this scenario before against a really good team, two goals down, the game's not over. And now they have that lived experience to, to kind of fall back on. But no, I, I think it was deserved. Um, I don't, I, I wouldn't even say their own goal was a bit of luck. I mean, we had we had bodies committed. We, we had guys rushing the net. James was in a very you know advanced position, so I, I wouldn't even say there was a touch of luck about that either. Um, I thought yeah, I thought we earned both. In fact, I think that own goal well, it ended up being uh, ruled an own goal. Um, I believe that goal probably was going in anyway. Yeah. Um, it was hard to tell from the angle, but it looked like it was heading towards the 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 corner there of the net so i thought it was going to go in then he just kind of deflected it and made it go in faster um so yeah like i i feel like both goals were were well earned it's just unfortunate that that became an own goal because that took away kevin kerr's assist which would have made him oh, so it doesn't the highest count? it doesn't count because uh, it's an own goal so you, you don't get the assist week. for an own goal so yeah it, i believe uh flavia still has the all-time assist record for the hounds um, he has it tied with Kevin Kerr because they're both at the same number, which is like 25, I believe. Um, something like that. That sounds right. Uh, so if he would have, if that would have been judging an goal, Kevin Kerr would have had that record now. Uh, but as of right now, he shares it. It's frustrating because to see the team turn it on like that in the last five minutes, part of you is just like, where was this the rest of the game? But I will say, you know, I was hoping that Kevin got the assist there just because he was everywhere in this game. Like, trying to track him, he sort of stayed on the right, but the number of times he'd pop up in the left or he'd drop back into the middle to collect balls, he seems like, you know, the Kevin Kerr from two or three years ago where he's just sort of all over the place and he's involved in everything. Um, I thought, at least for me, him and Ryan James were sort of my men of the match for this game. 
I thought, you know, yeah. we've we've been critical of James in the past, but I thought he did a really good job um, on the outside, getting to, you know, shutting down uh, crosses, shutting down opportunities for Nashville, and then also obviously getting up the field and creating opportunities. I think the the note that I made after a couple of times that I feel like we're lacking, Kev, you were talking a bit about the offense, is we don't have anybody making a back post run on any of those crosses. Like Dos Santos is drawing people with him as he's going into the middle, but the first four or five of those crosses were over his head to the back post where nobody was. And I don't know if that's a systematic thing. I don't know if that's just like we need to get used to it. I don't know if the crosses weren't supposed to be there. I, I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I think two points on that. I think one, it's f- for someone to make a back post. I, f- I feel like a lot of the time the crosses are coming from, like they're not coming from the byline. They're not coming from the end line. They're not, you know, we're not, we're not getting wingers or fullbacks deep. Have you know, have trying to have them just beat their defender and then get a final cross in. You know, in, in those scenarios, yeah, like kind of back post arrivals become a bit easier and they come from out wide and all that kind of stuff. We're kind of crossing. I don't know. For me, it, it's kind of quicker. I don't know. I, I can't really explain it, but a lot of the crosses are coming it's, from, from it's deeper It's less build out. up. Yeah, it's less yeah, build up and, and it's more transitional. And when you do that, you just need to kind of be a bit brave and courageous and risky. And one of the midfielders just needs to commit and, and you know, and make a run and, and, and try to break the lines and, and arrive on the back post. But, but yeah, we're, we're not doing that at the moment. I thought in general, the crossing was just, it's, it's bad. I, I, That's the main problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, it, the crossing should be in the middle of the box. Instead, it's it's going way wide and constantly overshooting all the the attacking players. I mean, it, so frustrating. <laughs> well, and, and it, it felt like that was kind of that was the only solution that we that we came up with. And I think that was the other frustrating thing. Is I think we did everything else right. Nashville obviously defended well. And we were patient. We tried to kind of find our way through, and it felt like at times we got a little too antsy and just threw a cross in there and didn't connect because we're not that great at crosses other than, like, Kerr. Um, <gasps> no, look. What, <laughs> Kerr's having a great season. Uh, no, I, I, he needs to, yeah, keep playing him. Um, I th- but, yeah, I think the only – both Kerr and Nico, I th- you know, are kind of our wide – I don't know. If you're playing – a it almost feels like DeSantis is at the head, and then you have both Kerr and and Nico, the kind of sides of like a front three, um, but they're a lot more narrow. Um, they want to drift inside. They don't want to beat their defender on the outside. They don't want to try to use their pace to get by people. They want to keep. They want to keep coming inside and get on the ball and, and play. And so, when that happens, you need to have James and Dover commit themselves to stay wide, get chalk on their boots, and and kind of stretch the pitch. Both of them are willing to go forward, and I think James more than Dover is willing to stay out wide. Um, but Dover will kind of come into yeah. I mean, all, everything right now is just a bit too narrow, um, and it's we're not we're not committing enough people. I think in, in, in the final 18, 18 yard box of the opponent's half. So where do we go from here? I don't. I mean, like I think the best thing we can say is. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> no, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I think our, our attack did get better as the season went on last season. Um, I don't know if it's something that we just need to, I don't know, let evolve into itself. Um, I still think 
I don't know. I, I would be playing Valeski over Brett right now. Um, I, I think a change of formation might benefit us. Um, like I said, I think we're playing too narrow. I mean, I think there's things Lily can do um, to, to change things, especially because, I mean, you know, it's, it's weird to say. I mean, once, you know, we let in two goals, and I'm, say, I'm sitting here saying I thought we defended really well. I mean, let's, let's, let's not make a mistake here. Nashville's strikers are wonderful. They're great. They're oh, great strikers. I mean, combined, they, they I think they were one and two in terms of leading the USO in goals last year. So like yeah, yeah. Lancaster what, and forty five goals yeah through you know, between them yeah. and we did a really good job keeping them quiet and and so this like you know we we had the defense and that you know we can talk about Morton in a second um, yeah <laughs> but 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 so yeah I, like I I think and and a lot of the times too it doesn't feel like we're we're getting that defense out of. I don't know, a very particular structured formation. I think we, we have the flexibility and, I don't know, the, the kind of like leg room to, to kind of flex our, our shape a little bit here and change things up and try, try a couple different personnel. I think largely we're defending really well with five players. Green, you know, Greenspan, Adewale, both have been incredible this season. Dover and James and Vonky Azeal. And I think everyone else, sure, they do they do their bit in pressing in, in the middle part of the pitch and, and their defenders. But we can we can commit those the rest of those bodies forward. And I think just right now we're not it, – it's not linking up right now. And, and there, there is things we can do. You mentioned sort of changing shape and sort of the transitional play. I thought it was interesting. I was trying to – you know, obviously the Hounds sort of rolled out with five in the back, but that changes constantly. There were a couple times in this game where it almost looked like we would shift into almost like a 3-3-3-1, three, 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 which, Kev, when you're talking about, like, narrow, like, yeah, like, that's that's getting pretty narrow. And, it again, Lily's talked about how he wants to be able to play different systems and how he wants them to constantly be changing and morphing, and, and they weren't staying in that formation for long. They would shift into it, and then they'd shift out to something else, and then occasionally you'd see Kerr sort of drop back into the middle, and you have the two yeah, guys. Yeah, but, but was, just... was that – I mean, was that a different shape when we had the ball and a different shape when we didn't have the ball? I mean, because that's pretty standard. Right. You know what I mean? No, like... no, no. I mean, this was – Trying to keep tabs on when it was happening versus when it was not happening was not as simple as okay now we're defending versus okay now we're de- we're attacking like whenever we were, whenever I was sort of watching for it and it was sort of the three 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 one you had um, uh, Toby Greenspan and Vonky Azil as your back three and then you actually had Kerr sitting in the middle in between Dover and James. And then you had the other people up top. And so that was when Kerr was sort of drifting in and out and around and all over the place. And so it's just, yeah, just, uh, you know, something else to keep an eye out for. I mean, keep in mind, though, both the goals that Nashville got came off of set pieces. They were both off of corners. So it's not like they were getting them from the run of play. So I don't think our formation's the issue. I don't think that is at all bad. I feel like we we were able to hold them off and run a play. Uh, Now, why we can't hold them off on those set pieces, that feels like it it is an issue. But it's a completely different issue in my mind. It's, It's not because our lineup is wrong or our our formations wrong uh that that's just poor defending on set pieces and that that is a whole another skill set yeah no i I mean i I don't think the formation has anything to do with the influence of the defense like i i I think yeah i I think we're defending well but i also don't necessarily think it's the formation that is causing that i think we have really good defenders and we have guys no that's absolutely true yeah absolutely true yeah and, and and we have guys you know who have enough work rate 
to get back and defend in numbers as well. I, I think where the switch up of the formation can help is going forward and attacking. Because um, I think, yeah, right now Dos Santos at times feels a bit too isolated up there. And, and we'll f- we feel like we're kind of just out of out of solutions. So we just float a ball in and hope we, you know. Yeah, it's constantly that cross. Yeah. And I feel like we were relying on Ryan James this whole game as far as trying to get that cross in. And then so then when we switched it up and we were going down uh, the other side of the field with Dover, uh, that's when we actually got our both both our goals essentially. It came from the, the right-hand side of the field instead of the left-hand side uh, on the attack. So that kind of tells you that maybe they were – it's also Nashville's credit. Maybe they, they looked at the tape and they saw where the cross usually comes in. They saw Ryan James being that player that needs to be the one who does the cross usually for us. And they realized to close him down. Um, and maybe they did the same thing with Brett because Brett did nothing this game. Yeah. I mean, he was non-existent. And when he did have the ball, it seemed like he was frustrated and he gave away a couple of easy ones. And it just was not fun to watch Brett this game. It was frustrating. And I could tell he was frustrated. Yeah. After the first 20 or 30 minutes, I remember like I looking through my notebook, I actually wrote, you know, where is Kenny? Because that was another one where I just... I, I, typically you'll notice him sort of picking up the ball and maybe linking a pass. And I don't know if it was because Kerr was all over the field, but I just felt like he went missing in this game too, um, which is unfortunate. But uh, yeah, I mean, back to Dos Santos quickly. I almost just feel bad for him because I don't know if I've ever actually seen him look happy on the field. Like even when he scored his goal, there was like a minute of like, yeah, celebrated. But otherwise it's just like pure <laughs> frustration because the dude's constantly getting hit or the ball's not where he needs it to be, or like he has four guys on his back and he's trying to keep them off, and he's doing the work. It's just like, yeah. We need like, to get him more support. Yeah, I mean, we just need more yeah. people around him. You know what I mean? Like, it's it's not, and yeah, the support doesn't mean let's get, you know, more crosses into him or let's try to feed him the ball more. It's He needs players to lay the ball. I mean, you know, there, there was more than one time where, you know, maybe Adewale you know, kind of tries to just clear the ball up and you can see Dos Santos goes up and wins his header and he, and he wants to flick it on. And then he looks around and no one's making that run in behind him to pick up the ball. And he's like, you know, come on, you know, things like that. I mean, he can't, we need, we need runners off of him. We need people willing to get in and around him and, and help him, you know, in, in his task. And I, and I really thought Brett would do that. I mean, I think Brett seems like a natural, that, that's, that's, a, that's a natural part of his game, but, for whatever reason, you know, and this very well could be Lily's choice. Uh, you know, Brett seems to be pushed out to like kind of a left forward position or right forward, depending on where Kerr is. Um, whereas I think, I don't know, it, it would benefit from maybe going two strikers, um, you know, Brett right by Dos Santos, have them play off of each other or Valeski for that matter. Because what? I mean, Dos Santos and Valeski played with each other in, Ro- in Rochester, right? Yeah. So, yeah. I was actually kind of surprised that, so I'm always thinking, at least in the last couple of games, that, you know, the whole game changes when Velarde and Valesi come in, and they're the ones that are the, the powerhouse that make the the, the change, uh, in the form, not just in the formation, but in the energy in the game. And really, this time around, they came in, and the energy didn't change. It wasn't until Mertz came in, yeah. and when Mertz came in, yeah. he seemed to like light a fire and just start going at it hard and he had that close chance that uh that would have gone in that would have been a, a beautiful goal as well yeah. so the, i'm kind of surprised that the, the local boy uh mertz is the one who kind of felt like he's the one that got the game 
you know, back in up and running for us. Yeah, the merch, the merch shout out is good. Um, I, I mean, I, th- I think another thing is we, we could be looking at this maybe even a bit too harsh, which I know sounds ridiculous, but I think Lily can go out and equally say, look, if we're a bit stronger on second balls, on uh, defending second balls off of corners, then you know, it, it's not crazy to say if you're Lily, okay, Nashville's a great team. I want to keep it tight until 60 and then win the game from the bench by bringing on Valeski or Velarde or whatever, you know, or both yeah. or yeah, or both. And, you know, we're, we're too set or too poorly defended set pieces away from doing that. You know, we don't, we don't give Nashville a goal from open play, um, which, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, so it, it, a lot of times it's fine margins, right? I mean, it's a, a weird bounce here and you can look like, you know, an idiot being a coach. Um, whereas, you know, if it's defended well, we could be sitting here saying, wow, Lily got that perfectly, and we walk out with a 2-0 win. So who knows? But, but yeah, I think no matter what, we, we, we still can afford to throw more people forward. I know you guys want to talk about some other stuff. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to, like, I, I was going to say, specifically coming into this game, I think we were talking about, you know, Three home, three home games. What would we like to see point wise out of this? I think Kev, you, or I think we all sort of said seven. Like seven would be a nice number, um, and we come out with five. I know we're not looking at the table yet. Um, I am. It's only seven <laughs> games in. We got three. We, we're gonna have like a big party. Like nope. it's now time to look at the table. Woo! Like confetti, everything. We're not looking at the table yet. Are we concerned that we only got five points out of this home stand? I mean, <laughs> I think that's yes. your answer. Yes, yeah. uh, you have to be because you know, the whole thing is win at home, draw away, and that was okay when we were drawing away. And I was like, okay, that's fine, it's fine. But if we're drawing at home and drawing away, we're not going to make the playoffs. I don't care. You know what I mean? Like, it, we need to start getting wins. And the the more we draw, the more concern there is. I, I keep on telling myself that this is a Lily team, which means they're going to start slow and then they're going to build up. Uh, I keep on telling myself that we've only had one loss that, you know, that's not bad. But all these draws are concerning. Yeah. Kev, are you at all worried? I'm, I'm on the edge of being worried. I think... Um... Given the circumstances and all this kind of stuff, I mean, look, we still were on, you know, a long unbeaten streak, ooh, whatever that means at this point because of so many draws, you know, it doesn't really help. Um, you know, what I think Lily, I mean, uh, Matt Geica mentioned it on the commentary. I didn't, I didn't even realize this. Um, what Lily has only lost twice at Highmark since he came in. I mean, that's an impressive stat. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's it, 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 we're, we're making Highmark a mini fortress right now. Some might even say not even a mini fortress or an, an actual fortress, which is good. You you want to see that happen. Um, but, you know, fine. We, we can not look at the table, but we can we can look at our, you know, games played and, and points tally. Yeah, it's seven games, 10 points. That's not good. And so <laughs> I think the but the reason why I'm still not I wouldn't say I'm worried is because now i think we get a very favorable long run of games um there's not there's not a ton of teams in there that scare me i mean we the biggest the the next team that scares me is tampa and we don't play them until you know there's there's like 10 games in between when we play tampa next so i mean so yeah there's some there's some decent teams there's you know 
we play Indy in there. The Red Bulls are having a good season. We play the Red Bulls, but we play the Red Bulls at home. Um, but the, but there's a lot. Of, I think he, here's a chance where you know we talked about it at the beginning. With, with with the long stretch of away games we had, plus Tampa turning out to be the team that they are, um, you know, playing Louisville, playing St. Louis is you know near the top, playing Nashville, who's who's going to the MLS. These are tough teams, and so we've gotten through that bank of games, not with the points tally that we would have hoped for, but nothing catastrophic either and now i think it we, we really need to start picking up points i mean forget about play, you know good performances forget about bedding new players in now it's we need to start winning at all costs here and uh and, and i think we have a chance to do it and so that's why i'm not worried as of yet I mean, just a little quick aside. Uh, Steel Army tweeted this out today, and I thought it was pretty interesting. So the Hounds drew 41% of their games last season. Right now we're sitting at 57% of our games drawn. Um, The league average for draws was 26.6%. So we're already usually way ahead on the draw (laughs) percentage at 41 compared to 26 of the rest of the East. And right now we're at 57 I mean, but uh, so all we need to do, you know, if we let's say, let's say we win our our next two games, which which isn't out of the realm of possibility. Um, you know, uh, played, yeah, we'll get to my prediction for this game. Yeah, but yeah, well, sure, sure. I mean, Charles, you know, Charleston, fine. You know, Charleston <laughs> and Memphis. Um, it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. If we, you know, we win our next two games, we're sitting on four wins, four draws, and a loss. I mean, it's not bad at all. And so once again, I, I, th- I think depending on how the next couple games, bound, you know, I don't know, play out, I, th- I think we have a shot. Shot at what? I, I <laughs> guess putting you on the spot. Getting getting away from from a terrible points per game yeah. tally <laughs> as it as it is right now, because right now what we're probably going at like one point two points a game, which yeah. is yeah not good. We're pulling our hands slowly away from the panic button, is what he's saying. Yeah, That's, we have a shot to not push that panic. Yeah. Button. Bef- are, are you are you going to move on to something else? I was. But before you do, can we just talk about the goalkeeper? I, I knew you wanted to. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I mean, I just like I'm. Why? I'm I'm really curious with the whole Morton stuff because what, it, what some of the coaching staff came out and said like, well, you know, it was more of trying to figure out who the no- clear number one is, and then we'll go from there or whatever. Like I thought we've established Lungard is the clear number one. You know, it's. Kyle Morton has conceded six goals and made two saves, and this is this is I'm not exaggerating right now. And Lungard has you know conceded three, made six saves. So like it's nice to pick a keeper who has had made who's made more saves than he's let in goals, and right now you know Morton is on the very wrong end of that scale. And I, I don't think there's much he could have done for the first goal, but uh, for, for for Nashville's second goal though, I mean he just. I don't know. I, I feel like he's a bit indecisive. Commits himself to coming out and trying to punch too late. He gets caught in between no man's land, and the natural player ends up having a, you know, a relatively open goal to put the ball in. And I don't. I it's. I just don't know why we're doing. Like if we're taking the coaching staff's comments at face value and believing that, you know, they're fine not rotating every other game, and they're they just wanted to figure out who a clear number one is. We have our answer, right? I mean, I don't know. I, I, I'm I, as long as Lungard, yeah, as long as Lungard's not like stinking up the place in training, which I'd be surprised if he was. Um, you know, I want to see Lungard start the next five games at least. 
And I want to add the caveat real quick. Like, oftentimes, it feels like, especially with goalies, I feel like we really sort of, not that we're harsh on them or anything like that. Like, we've had Kyle on the show. He's a great guy. There's nothing personal here at all. Like, this is purely just, like, from an analytical standpoint, looking at things, you know, as fans, what we're expecting. So, um, but yeah, I agree with you. There, There was some hesitation coming off the line. That was just a header. He came out to punch it. It's one of those things where if he jumps up half a second earlier, maybe he's not trying to punch it. Maybe he's trying to get two hands on it. And it's just the first one I agree. Like, there's not much no, you can not do much, on yeah. that. Yeah. But the second one is just, oof, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's one of the situations where I'm, like, I'm trying to, like, figure out what's going on behind the scenes, why it's happening. And I'm like, I thought maybe it's because, you know, Lundgaard is a loanee. We don't have him for the whole season, I don't believe. So at any time he could be taken away from us. So maybe they want, you know, to keep him in the rotation so that uh, Morton actually gets you know, playing time and – to snuff up to snuff but even if that's the case nashville's not the team you do it against yeah. i mean like <laughs> there's a couple of you know games that i can see doing it for and nashville's not the game that you put the guy in who is having a shaky season um to you know test him out you, you put him in for a game that's a little bit more at in hand like for uh against i would even say hartford like that's the game you put him yeah. in you don't put him in this game. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't get it. Uh, it has to be something, though, because it can't just be ignorance on their part. Yeah. Agreed. Guys, I think that's, you know, I think we could probably talk about this game for a while. It seemed like the, the general impression that everybody had after the game was just, ugh, and, like, Liz captured some <laughs> of that in the full 90, where it's, the potential is there and to not see the potential play out is frustrating. Um, you're almost like one of those parents where it's like, I'm not upset. I'm disappointed, which is just so much worse than being upset. Um, and so, yeah, hopefully we can figure out what's going on in the final third and start linking up. And you guys are right. I think both of you said it, Josh, I think you, you said it most recently where it's just Lily teams are always slow to get going and always seem to find the defense first and then work out the offense after that. And this, I think our hope was, you know, this being sort of the second year of a Lily system and a lot of these guys coming back, they'll already have that figured out. But when you start throwing in somebody like Dos Santos, you're changing the entire forward system from what we had last year. So this is a whole new thing again. And so it's just, who nice knows? Nice segue to the point I was going to make. It, would it be completely insane to suggest, let's see what a system looks like without Dos Santos? I Because I, I, I think it, it forces you to do something different. And, and like, I think it's, it's a crutch. I, I think we use Dos Santos sometimes as a crutch. Mm-hmm. He, he's an out ball. He's a big guy. We'll hit it up. He'll hold it up. Or when, when we can't think of anything else, we'll just float across and maybe he'll get on the end of a header and put it in. Um, I, I, you know, I, I'm, I wonder what it would look like with, you know, just Brett leading the line or just, Vol- uh, you know, Valeski leading the line or something like that. I mean, I kind of feel like if that's the case, it's it's not a simple like, oh, just take out Dos Santos and put in Veleski. Like, you're talking an entire formation shift because, like you said, we rely so much on that out ball from the defense. It's just straight up over the top. And now if you don't but have that person... I think we're relying on that less and less, though, because, we. I mean, at least at, in, in the past three games at home, we've, we've shown a uh, willingness 
to be a bit more patient and get more control with the ball. I mean, we have 60% possession in this game, yeah. over 70% passing accuracy. I just they're, feel they're, like without him, you're looking at much more build from the back, ball on the ground, try to work the ball through than what we've seen thus far. And so yeah, going up the wings. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and crossing it. Maybe in. part of the reason why we've been so successful on defense is because we've been able to be so direct to get the ball out of dangerous positions more quickly um, and up to a forward position where we're trying to recover and make something happen up there. I don't know. It's an interesting idea. Um, maybe something we'll, we'll think through and explore here I think, a yeah. later. The last thing I'll say is I, I think the bait, I think we're just lacking pace out wide. Uh, and you really? can say, well, we have James and Dover and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, James is an outlet on the left side. I think Dover likes to cheat in a bit too much. But if, if you remove our fullbacks, I mean, you know, Kerr doesn't have pace. He's not going to try to go by people. Velarde doesn't. Brett, that's not his game. Brett wants to cut in. You know, we, we really don't have any forwards that, like, want to stretch the pitch, make it big, you know. and, if and only and there was to... somebody in the USL that was familiar with a Lily system that was super speedy that – could just step in and oh man are you saying francois (laughs) (laughs) he got it uh yeah how many offsides do we have this game offside uh calls do we have it do we have any Uh, i don't think so and i think that's the point uh (laughs) the fact that we don't have any offside uh calls against us kind of says that you're right there kevin we don't have someone who's trying to stretch it yeah because you know that, that's what you would expect to see if someone was actually trying to test the, the defense and trying to stretch it out. You would get some calls offside, but we had done. I mean, I guess technically we had three, but yeah, I'd be curious to see what those three were. Like, was it like someone straight offside for like a, you know, a free kick or something? Like, I, you know, that could have been like, maybe they just, we were, I don't know. No, I, but, I, nothing's coming to mind yeah, as far as like what yeah. those were. Like, I can't remember any of those situations. I think yeah. one of them was literally, we were in the final third and someone made a pass to Valeski and he knew he was offsides and was like walking back. And oh, that's so, right. I mean, I there it's, but, it, but Josh, to your point, the, this isn't run of play, stretch the defense sort of thing. It's just kind of like, we're all up there and it's just, oh crap, yeah. somebody was offsides. So no, I mean, that's a good I show. think a small switch. I, I, I think sometimes... Fonkizio and Dabo in the same lineup. I think they start stepping on each other's toes as far as duties are concerned. Um, I think we could, we can be a bit more brave and say, okay, instead of Dabo, we'll play Velarde, and that might be enough to tip the balance in the favor of more attacking creativity and all that kind of stuff. Uh, it might be as simple as that, but yeah, I will say Dabo didn't have a good game either. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Dabo had a particularly great game. Uh, he was also on my list of people who were like, oh, man, what are you doing? this game yeah just what's going on all right well we wanted three we got one we're gonna have to live with it and try to pick up some points here down the road guys let's uh let's give away a hat so on the last episode um i mentioned we got we're we're now being sponsored by golden goal press which is a company we started um or i started (laughs) and so we have a mongols hat um these were sort of the hot ticket item a few years ago i'm dropping like people's names out of the hat but yeah like he's not lying like this isn't like something we've done off air or he's like he has the he actually has a hat i'm looking at it now i literally it is the hat he's giving away that we're giving away and it there are a bunch of names in the hat you can hear as i'm ruffling them around so mike have you worn this hat i no no no. i'll say you worn the hat that's gross i've not worn Um, well these are the things we need it is a twill hat it's not a snapback. It has a Velcro closure. I feel like I'm on like QVC. Um, it's very comfortable. It's very, Start very comfortable. Start the bidding at 10. No. Yeah. Okay. Bidding. So uh, I'm going to draw a name out of here. And uh, basically the, the rules were, I think you had to tweet 
uh, at Golden Goal Press, hashtag Mongols. And so out of everybody that did that, we wrote down all the names. I'm not looking. I'm going to pull a name out. We're going to open it up. And the winner is, I don't know if you guys can read that. It is no. Mike at one check 37. So Mike, congrats. Nice. You tweet at us all the time. Um, you are officially the winner of the Mongols hat. So we will uh, DM you and figure out how to get you the hat. Um, but uh, kudos to you for winning that. If anybody else wants the hat, you can go to mongols.com. Um, just scroll down the page and you'll see that there's a link there to go to the merch section. And uh, the hats are there. I think they're 15 bucks, So they're pretty cheap. Um, along with all the other merch there, which we'll talk about later. Um, so again, Mike, congrats. Uh, the hat is yours, my friend. Um, for, for a half second, I seriously thought it was just your name. <laughs> yes, I wanted to it myself. Yeah. Um, no, it's not me. A couple other things just to touch on here before we, you know, quickly bre- preview the uh, game this weekend. Uh, one, uh, Steve has been doing post-game fan polls for a while. I guess I shouldn't say well for at least the past three games. The first one I saw was this week because he wasn't he hasn't been putting them on Twitter. And then Lar Ellen got involved and added some additional questions to make it a little bit more analytical. The results from last week's poll were awesome. So basically, they're asking things like you know. Oftentimes, um, uh, like John Krasinski or, or Riverhounds Rabbi will put out their player rankings, and it's sort of their own opinion of how the, they thought the players did. This polls all of the fans and then does sort of a, a collection and an average of what the fans say to give sort of a, a collective think-speak type number to people's performances, to the tactics, to the coaching, to everything related to the game. And so to watch there to see the stats from last week was really cool, and then the stats for this game, or I'm sorry, not the stats, the survey for this game was circulating today. Um, it's really cool. So if you're on Twitter, um, you you might see Laura Ellen tweeted out from the Soccer Better tweet. We're going to try to retweet it. I know the Steel Army retweeted it this week as well. Um, it's just something really cool. So keep an eye out for that and check out the stats. We may talk about them from time to time. Um, maybe we'll try to have Steve on to sort of talk about the genesis of this as well because I, I think it's just it's neat. It's another thing to look at and talk about. Um, the other thing that's, that's really cool. So last week we talked about, uh, we did a poll and asked everybody, what would you like more of? And, uh, and the two that sort of got the most responses were, um, more local soccer coverage, non-hounds soccer coverage, and then also some, you know, USL stuff. So we said, you know, if there's anything that's happening specifically in the USL East, that's going to impact us or we think is just interesting, then we'll talk about it. But the other thing is the local non-hounds soccer and uh, we actually reached out to Steel City FC, which is the women's team, and we have deemed May is officially going to be Steel City FC month on the show. So next week, Steph from the team is going to be joining us, and she's going to give us sort of the history of the team, get us all caught up in what we need to know about the team. And then each week in May, the idea is that we're going to have somebody else from the team um, or the association on so that when the uh, the season kicks off at the end of the May, we're all sort of 100% in, we know what to expect, and we're ready and we're watching the tables and, and, you know, hopefully getting down to the games um, over at Ellis and supporting the team. And so I think it's going to be really cool and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So they're really excited. We're really excited. And it's not like it's going to replace the Riverhounds talk. We're still going to do Riverhounds talk. This is just going to be an additional segment that we're going to do each week in May. And potentially it's something we'll just keep talking about through June. And, you know, basically the season runs from late May through June. So we'll talk about all through June, give you score updates and things like that and uh, follow the team. And then 
you know, obviously there are other local teams like Hotspurs that we can talk about. There's college teams. Um, there are amateur teams that we can talk to. So just a lot more of it, you know, sort of getting our feet wet and all of the other teams in the area and talking about them and helping to grow the, the conversation around each of them. And it's going to be a lot of fun. So that all starts next week with Still City FC. Um, so really cool yeah. stuff. I'm really excited about that. I think for the longest time, especially me being kind of displaced in, in Knoxville, um, you know, since we started this podcast, I knew there was more <laughs> soccer <laughs> happenings in Pittsburgh than the Hounds and like the Tartan Devils. But those are the only two things that I was ever exposed to, you know, and that we talked about on this podcast. So no, I'm 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 really excited to hear. I mean, it, it you know, soccer runs deep in Pittsburgh. Yeah. We're about to we're about to explore that. It's pretty exciting. Yeah. It might be worth even, we'll have to see if Gene wants to come back on the show as well. Cause when we had him on, he talked about like the history dating back to like world oh, war two, awesome. like all of the teams and the history and stuff like that. He is just a wealth of knowledge. So yeah, that might be fun to do. Maybe we'll try to line that up in June as well. Um, but let us know what you think, you know, if, if there is a team that you think that, you know, deserves more coverage, then give us a shout. And we're, we, we love talking to people and learning more about what's going on. So uh, yeah, we are all really excited about Steel City FC and learning more about the team and getting more in touch with, with, uh, with what's going on there and following the girls. So yeah, awesome stuff. Um, guys, Hounds travel to face the battery this weekend. They are the only remaining team in the old guard shield that's in the championship. Are, is there still an old guard shield? Is it just like whoever wins these two games is the one that gets it? Or are we counting open? I mean, both those are rights. <laughs> both those are right. It, there is an old guard shield still this year. It's it's just going to be us and uh, Charleston. And then after that, it will go down to USL League Two or League One. Yeah, yeah, whatever. Yeah, League One. One. Yep. Because that will have the most teams in it uh, that season. So that I believe that's how it's going to be from here on out is whoever has the most teams gets the shield, um, like gets to play for the shield on, in that league, uh, which will be them because they'll have Penn FC, they'll have Richmond, uh, Richmond uh, and hopefully Rochester Rhinos yeah. uh, is supposed to be coming back as well the next year. And I think there's one more, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Yeah, I'm totally blanking on who the last team is. I just saw the shield earlier today. <laughs> I can tell you, uh, it was uh, Rochester Rhinos, Penn FC, uh, the Charleston Battery, us, and uh, Kickers. Richmond. So it was just five. Okay, so there's just five teams. So yeah, yeah, so if if and when Rochester comes back, then League One would sort of have three, and we'd only have two. And yeah, and if as long as it's oh, that's right. If if it's evenly mad, if it's two and two, like it will be, it's going to be every other. So we get it this season. They'll get it next season. We'll get it if it stays at two and two. Right. Um, but if whoever has the most usually gets it. So this could be sort of our last opportunity to really win the shield for yeah. the foreseeable future. Kev, you look like you're falling asleep. Does this whole conversation like bore you? <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm, I'm getting into you know deep detail about Charleston's stats and stuff. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> He's researching. You're while researching. We'll talk about the old guy shield. Super. Um. So, yeah, we had to face the battery. Again, we're not looking at the tables or anything like that, but just to give you a feel of sort of how they've performed recently. In their last four games, they've got three wins and a loss. They beat Charlotte 2 nothing. They lost to Beth Steele 3-1, to but after that they beat Nashville 3-1 to and they beat Memphis one nothing. And at home so far this season, they're 3-0-1-1, so they haven't lost at home this season. We know that historically – 
I feel like every season, everybody just sort of writes off the battery and it's like, well, it's an old guard team and you've got the Nashvilles and the Indies who spend a lot of money and they do all this stuff. And it's always Charleston that's, you know, right back in there that top four, five, six every single season. And so it's looking like that very well may be the case again this year. I mean, granted, we're seven or eight games in, depending on which team you are. Oh, man. Like, Kev, you mentioned sort of earlier on here, you think we have a bunch of winnable games. I haven't predicted a loss yet this year. I think I'm going to predict a Hounds loss in this one. Like, I'm. Yeah, I'm, but like, I think I think Charleston's like your second favorite team. So, like, I think you're by. <laughs> <laughs> they aren't love for Charleston. the record, but. I, you love Charleston. I really. I couldn't tell you a single player who plays for Charleston. Yeah, right but now. you love them. I do. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so you like the right. idea you love the idea the of concept Charles. Yeah. of charleston yes. yeah i mean personally i do too because they're an old guard shield yeah. team or old guard uh, team so that makes me just happy to see them still around yeah no i i mean no i look charleston's a good side but i think i don't know i mean i mean i'd rather play charleston right now than i mean part of me would say i'd rather play charleston right now than nashville again um i i well i don't know huh, huh, fine Okay, wait, 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 wait. I think let's put this way: Nashville Nashville at home, like Nashville at Highmark, or Charleston on the road. Which one you taking? I mean, I'd take Charleston on the road. Really? Um, Okay. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I don't know. Look, I, I I think there's there's a handful of teams that I'd rather play right or, or. Look, I, I wouldn't want to play St. Louis right now. Wouldn't want to play Tampa again, especially from what we saw from them earlier in the season. Um. You know, wouldn't want to play Nashville again. I mean, so I would. You know, there, there's there's three or four teams that I think I'd. You know, I, I would take Charleston over playing these these three or four other teams right now. They're a good side. I'm not trying to say they're not, but I'm saying that like it's yeah, it's it's we we shouldn't be afraid of anyone, but we sh- certainly shouldn't be afraid of playing Charleston. I'm not saying I'm afraid. I'm just saying that, you know, considering... Say we might, you, you might predict a loss. <laughs> yeah, I am. Because, I mean, look, considering considering what we saw offensively, if we can play the way we did for the last five minutes for a good 60, then I think we can beat anybody. And that's not a problem. The problem is we haven't seen that at all this season. Like, we just haven't. Like, aside from the home opener, where it was like goals aplenty, um, we haven't seen it. And so... To go into Charleston, where they haven't lost yet this season, they've put up number. I mean, they beat Nashville three to one, came back, beat Memphis one nothing. Now, granted, the one nothing win they scored in the ninety third minute, but they still got the win. To now have to go to their home and know that it's going to be sort of this grudge match, I just don't feel great about it. Would I love three points? Yeah, I'd love three points, but. I just feel like in terms of looking at the the cards and trying to predict what's going to happen, I don't feel great about this one. Josh, where do you stand on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm in the same boat. They're really good at home right now. They have a a 3-0-1 record at home, so most of those wins have been at home. Uh, They have... Pretty decent team that's spread out as far as like their goal scores. That's it doesn't seem like just looking at their their all the different people who scored goals. It doesn't feel like they really have one person where you have to like watch out for them. Um, so it, it's it's going to be harder to defend against them because you don't have someone where you can just shut them down and kind of like ruin their offense. Uh, and it's just I, historically for us at least, it's been a hard match. So it, it's 
it's going to be a rough one, and I'm not predicting a, a loss just because I feel like this team has the grit to hold them at bay if need be, or you know, uh, get back ahead or at least get back even uh, if they do fall behind. So I'm uh, not a loss, but I'm definitely not feeling like this is an easy game for us at all. Let me ask you this: at this point in time, what is better for this team? A for the Hounds. Another 1-1 draw or a 2-1 loss? That's weird. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to lose. I'll take a draw. <laughs> yeah, I was, I'll take a draw, too, honestly. <laughs> I don't, I, to what's me, your the, angle the here, Mike? Is, Do we need yeah. something? Like, you mean we need some kind of like catastrophic event to happen to shock us back into something or uh, my angle is that you know you learn so much more from losing than you do from winning so the fact that like oh you know we can look at this game against nashville and we could pick it apart to death but at the end of the day you can still say well they did fight back in the last five minutes and they did get a point out of it so you know you know that. like if we lose this game two nothing it's it we're we're immediately talking about like well we didn't generate enough chances and like we're not getting the balls at Dos Santos do we need to change something like we're much more serious about what we're talking about and I think with every draw that we have yeah I want the points but what is better for the team longer term just you know three more draws or we're better off taking a loss and saying like now we got to like change some things and then we grow and become better out the other end of it. I deny this premise completely because I feel like Lily <laughs> Lily doesn't care. I, Lily doesn't care if it's a win or a loss. Lily is going to berate that team and tell them what they did wrong no matter the end scoreline. In fact, I would say if a team wins, they get yelled at more than if they lose with Lily. He has more notes for a winning team than he does for a losing team because I've seen him out on that field, and when they win – and during that press conference, it seems like he's a lot more harder on them, at least to the public, um, than he is when they when they lose. When they lose, he kind of goes to bat for them a little bit more, as far as what he tells us, of course. Uh, but I feel like that kind of shows you that he can pick apart the team no matter what the end scoreline is. So uh, maybe for us as fans, like it, it's easier to come to terms with what's wrong with the team if we we're losing than if we're winning or at least drawing. But for Lily and the players, I feel like they know exactly what's wrong with the team, no matter the scoreline. I just feel like when you get yelled at every game, you just sort of come to expect that, okay, we're going to get yelled at every game. And, <laughs> you know, in the back of your mind, you might still be thinking like, yeah, that's great. We still got the point. So, like, you know, you have that silver lining. Whereas as a player, if you lose, that competitive spark kicks in and it's just like, we didn't get points this weekend. So, like, we got to do it. No, that's fair. So, it's yeah. just, yeah. And if we if you lose, then it, it, it doesn't necessarily become all about the players, but it also, you know, may cause Lily to look more at what we did tactically and have to make a change there so it's a it's a whole like crazy premise in the first place but yes i agree <laughs> no <laughs> i think no especially like what out of all the interviews we did in the off season lily came on a couple players came on you know from memory all of them said the statement at one point or another like we want to win a championship yeah. so I, I don't think you know like the current state we're at they don't need another loss to tell them that they're not where they should be. Like if they really believe that this team's good enough to win a championship, we're here to win a championship, all that kind of stuff. They know, you know, 10 points from eight games isn't good enough. And, and, you know, and I, I believe they're professional enough to, 
to you know to know that and and not need a loss to shock them back in or, or, or you know bad you know run of games i'm sure they have their internal numbers that they know they have to hit at certain points of the season and they need to hit them but here's here's my here's my one caveat to that is the is the problem at this point the players or is the problem at this point tactics because uh, are we doing Lily out here? Is no, this I'm, no, 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 no. We're not doing Lily out here. My point is, like, you know, we talked to Toby Adewale, and he talks about like, I want like all the defensive records. I want to get He's having a great more season, goals than Hugh Roberts. Um, you know, there's only so much you could do as a player to be the best player you can be. We see at the end of the game, you put in Mertz, you put in Velarde, you put in Valeski, and we get goals. So, like, are we asking players to do things that they potentially just don't either don't have the capacity to do or just aren't the most skilled out there to pull off what needs to be done? And so I, I, I think it's hard when we're not in training. I think, you know, that's that's the toughest part. We don't know what's going on in training. I, and if I had to guess, I think it's a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. I think I think the tactics can be tweaked to get more out of players. Like I, I'm convi- like that's not Brett's position where he's been playing for the past couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, as weird as it sounds, and as as great as a, of a season Kerr is having so far, I don't think that's Kerr's position either. Um, I, I still want to see Kerr more in the midfield, kind of a, at the at the front of a midfield three. Um, and so I, I think I, I think the tactics can get a little bit more out of the players, but at, at the same time, you know, yeah, uh, players can be playing a heck of a lot better and. <laughs> And, and and still, I mean, you know, there comes a point, too, you can start taking an initiative of your own on the field. You, you know, as a player, you, you work out how the how the kind of course of the game's going, and you can find pockets of space where you can hurt the other team. And, and you kind of need to figure that out and have the game intelligence to figure that out. And so I think, you know, that could be a space for a lot of these players to improve as well. And you also have to remember, like, okay, he only has so much to work with, and players do have their best positions but he's i feel like he is putting the best players out on the field it's just he's trying to put the best players out in the field now it's figuring out how to get them to play as good as they can in in positions where they all fit because they're not all going to fit like there's there's too many overlap there's too many things that just kind of doesn't work or this player needs this type of player with them so they have to adapt and it's another situation also where i'm reminded of i think it was robbie vincent in the interview um, like you did with him, where he talked about when he was playing for DC, he said, you know, I knew I wasn't playing the way I should be playing. And I blamed it on, uh, he just wasn't good at that position. And so he talked to the coach and said, like, I'm not as good as I could be here. What can I do to help? Or how I think this might help. Yeah. And so like, you, you know, there is some onus on, on the players themselves too, to be to honest with themselves and honest with the coach. Um, I'm not saying we're there yet with this team. I feel like they all can do what they've been asked to do. They're just not clicking in there yet. And they need to like, just build that up and get that familiarity with everyone with these positions. Um, but yeah, it, it's, I feel like the best players are out on the field right now. It's just, can they work together as the best team out in that field? Score predictions. What do you guys got? Kev? Uh, I mean, I'll say two one, but I'm I'm willing this I'm willing to go even a bit more cocky and say two nil. Look, Whoa, I, I think okay. Char- Charleston, yeah, you know they're going at two points a game. You know they they've lost one game all season. They've been great at home, all this kind of stuff. At the end of the day, you know we've been lamenting at how poor we we we've 
been going forward. They've scored they've scored one more goal than us this season, and we and we're saying we're having a poor like, attacking season. Um, you know, Charleston are averaging like close to 15, 16 shots a game, and I think the way we defend, I mean, that's not going to happen this game. I'd be shocked if Charleston walk away with sixteen shots uh, in this game, and even more shocked if they get you know. Morton has, I don't know, Morton's only saved tw- like two, you know, two <laughs> shots. I mean, like people don't get a lot of shots off on us. And so I, I think, you know, it, it, it's part of their game. It's part of their, it's part of their style. And, and as a baseline, they're not scoring that much anyway. So no, I, I, I feel pretty confident about this. I think, you know, we're going to look to respond. Um, we've limped out of this, this home stretch for us. And uh, I think, you know, actually in a weird way, going on the road could, could do us a little good. Yeah, I feel like uh, the new Lily special is a 2-2 draw, Um, (laughs) (laughs) which is what I'm feeling here. Uh, Unfortunately, I mean, it would suck to get another 2-2 draw, but I don't know. Okay, wait now. Who's in net? Uh, It's Lungard, right? I mean, it has to be, right? I don't know. Has Morton Morton started two games in a row this season? I don't think he has. This is only his third game. Yeah, third game. Uh, I'm still going with 2-2 special. Mike. See, coming into this game or coming into this discussion, I was ready to say a two-one loss. I think I'm less concerned because of what they did to Memphis. Considering that, it, if you sort of go back and watch those highlights, they really didn't have that many chances. Memphis had a ton more chances, just didn't put them away. Um, and the way that they scored in the 93rd minute was more of a it wasn't a fluke, but it wasn't as well crafted as we've seen some of these other goals. What gives me more pause is, you know, the fact they beat Nashville three to one and they did it by running all over Nashville's defense, which yeah, I don't think they our... lost the Beth Steele to three. No, 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 no. I know that. I know that. But my, my point is I don't see them necessarily running all over our defense, but at the same time, like Nashville's got a good defense. Like we saw that this week. So, Oh man. I mean, this could end up being, you know, this I think could it'd be a good game. It could be. I, I, th- I think regardless, it's going to be a good game. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, I'll walk back my loss, and I'll say a draw, just because I don't. I feel like you know, if if we ever predict a loss on this show, like it's it's <laughs> signs of the times. Um, We've had to at some point, right? I don't know. They're the bad years. I'm sure you guys did. I'm sure I did. Right? <laughs> were, were we ever that? This positive? is terrible. We've never. I mean, maybe it's not. I don't know. Maybe you're not supposed to. <laughs> yeah. Welcome to a fan podcast, right, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> so at the end of Endgame... No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> so that's what we think. Let us know what you think. Um, guys, anything else for this one? Uh, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, we're having a watch party. Seal Army is. It's at Smoking Joe's. Um, so come out to that if you want to watch it with the crowd. It's a lot of fun. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Something I'm going to float out there. We were talking about this a little bit off air, and I want to know if I'm just the only one. I've all season long, I've had trouble with ESPN Plus trying to watch games. Where I'll try to pull it up on my phone, and ESPN Plus is just not working on my phone. And I try to like delete the app, add it back, shut off my phone, turn it back on. Nothing works. I've had to watch ESPN Plus on my computer. So if you're experiencing the same thing, like tweet at us, let us know, just so that I know I'm not going crazy. I'm out of the three of us, I'm the only one that that is seeing this so um i just haven't tried on my phone yet yeah i always watch on my computer so i mean it 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 might be happening for me too i haven't tried okay 
Yeah, I watch MLS games on my phone all the time. Usually when I'm at the tailgate because <laughs> I'm watching yeah. MLS. <laughs> so, <laughs> so yeah, let us know so, if, yeah. if you're having issues trying to watch the game on your phone specifically because um, we can get it online. Otherwise, I think that's it for this one. Um, thanks to our sponsor, Golden Gold Press, the best choice for you to get custom shirts, hats, mugs, and other items for just yourself or your organization. Check out their amazing products at a fraction of the price of other places at goldengoldpress.com. Also, thanks to Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. Get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. Head over to mongols.com to hear all the shows that we put out, including the preview shows and the post-game full 90. There you can also click over to the store, get yourself some of the sweet merch like a Mongols hat, Victory Beverage Bug, Lily Ball Shirt, and more. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Mongols. Email us at mongols at bgn.fm, at mongolspod on Instagram. Head over to iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you listen to the shows. Subscribe, leave us a review. Otherwise, let us know what you thought about this one. Thanks, everybody. We'll talk to you very, very soon. Cheers. Later. <laughs>